Hey, well, good morning, Life Church. It's so great to see you this morning. God bless you. You can take a seat. Awesome. Hey, we had an amazing Sunday last week, didn't we? It was an amazing time. And I just wanna echo what Carl shared. Thank you again for your generosity. What an incredible number. But it's amazing, not just because of the number it is, but because it represents people's faith. It represents people's hearts and their obedience. And if God is moved by anything, He is moved by our faith. And so I'm just so excited for the kingdom things that we know are gonna be unlocked because of your faithfulness. It's just so exciting to come together, to give together and believe God for greater things in our church and in our city and in the nations. This morning, I wanna speak to you from a portion of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount that we find in Matthew 5, Matthew 5, verses 14 to 16. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You over there are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. You know, when Jesus was preaching this, he was preaching to a great crowd of people, people from all over the region of Judea who had come, who had heard about Jesus and wanted to come and hear his teaching to see who he was. People from all walks of life, male, female, young, old, people of different social status, different upbringings, different careers, varying life choices. In other words, he was preaching to people just like you and me. He wasn't preaching just to those who had it all together. He wasn't running a masterclass in the temple for the best of the best, the holiest of the holiest. He wasn't even just sitting around with his disciples. No, he was preaching to a great crowd of people. This was a message that he wanted to be heard far and wide. That when you accept Jesus, when you have Christ in your life, when you have the Holy Spirit living within you, this was a message for anyone who considered themselves a follower of Jesus. You are the light of the world. And this is a mandate for all of us who are part of his church. We are the light of the world. Now, I think we can all agree that light is a pretty important thing. We all know how important light is. One of the first things we do in the morning is turn on the lights. Our bodies are attuned to light. When the sun comes up in the morning, we start to wake up. Unless you're a teenager, then that probably doesn't happen. But our bodies are attuned to light. There is something about light that we are drawn to. Something that gives us a sense of safety and security. And I remember about this time last year, I went camping down in the Catlins, 
which is a forest area in the southernmost part of the South Island. It's a beautiful, raw part of the country. And we had a great time, but the time we were camping there, it was a new moon. So at night, it was just pitch black. Pitch black. We were right down on the coast in this tiny little dock camping ground. There's no civilization anywhere to be seen. There's no streetlights, no nothing. So at night, the view of the sky was amazing. Right, you could look up and you could see the Milky Way, you could see the stars, all the constellations. You could see everything until you tried to look at the ground. And then you had a new appreciation for what darkness truly is. You couldn't see anything. And I remember thinking how lucky we are in the 21st century to have torches so easily accessible. We've got access to light quite easily. We can flick on the switch on the wall and the lights turn on. They can make torches so small you can fit them on your key ring. I've got a torch on the back of my phone and I was grateful for this because the only bathroom facilities were a long drop. And so you're wanting good lighting when you're trying to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, thankful for technology. But in Jesus' time, they didn't have that kind of technology. The only way to have light in the darkness was through fire. And so it was quite a bigger effort to get light in the darkness. You couldn't just pull a torch out of your pocket or a torch out of your backpack. It wasn't as easy as we have it today. And so even though we still understand the importance of light in our day and age, the people Jesus was speaking to, I think, would have had a greater appreciation as to the value of being light in the darkness. The importance and the value of what Jesus was speaking about. Because for many of these people, light in the darkness was the difference between life and death. This was a dangerous time. Nighttime was a dangerous time. There was wild animals, there was thieves, dangerous people. Having access to light in the darkness for them could have meant the difference between life and death. And that is what Jesus is speaking to. That is the gravity of what Jesus is saying, that this is a life and death issue, that our world is living in darkness and we are the light. And right now, the world would love you to remain hidden, to stay tucked away, to not shine your light, to keep it veiled, But Jesus is saying, no, you must shine your light. Your faith must be visible because this is a life and death issue. You are the light of the world. That is a mandate that we cannot take lightly. That is a mantle we can't just shrug off. Jesus isn't just some good idea. He isn't just some good teacher. He isn't just a particular way of living. He is the way, the truth, and the life, the son of the living God who paid the price for humanity so that anyone who believes in him will not perish, shall no longer remain in darkness, but have eternal life. That is what he came for. That is what he accomplished. And that is our mission. You are the light of the world. You are more vital than you might realize. Jesus said that while he was here on earth, that he was the light in this world. John 12, 46, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who place their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. 
Jesus has come so that we don't have to live in darkness. And ultimately though, Jesus says that we are the light of the world. It is his light that we are shining out to people. It is through Christ that we become the light of the world. It's not my light shining out. It's not our light shining out. It is the light of Christ shining through us that pierces the darkness. As we read about in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7, we now have this light shining in our hearts. But we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We can shine the light because he is the light. And it is his light that leads people out of darkness and into new life. So to discuss this this morning, I'd like to split our passage into three parts. Three different points that we can find from this passage. And the first that we find from verses 14 and 15 is that light shines outward. It's there to be seen. Verses 14 and 15 say, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Our faith and our relationship with Jesus isn't something that should be hidden away. You can't have two parts to your life. You can't have your faith part that is tucked away and hidden and then your public part that is available to everyone else. Your faith should be seen and noticed by people. In fact, Jesus says that your faith is like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. It cannot be tucked away. It cannot be shoved into a box. It cannot be relegated to one day of the week. No one lights a lamp and then hides it under a basket. It must be seen. We are a lamp that gives light to everyone in the house. Now, some people's houses are bigger than others. We don't each have the same sized house. Some people's spheres of influence will be greater or lesser than others. We are each called to a different area of influence. Your reach, the light, that you're, the light that you emit will reach people that mine might not necessarily reach. God places us in different situations. He has a different path for each of us to walk, but it's the same light that shines in all of us. And light shines outwards. Our role isn't to worry about the size of our house or where our house is placed, or whereabouts in our house we are placed. Our role is to simply keep shining our light, whoever God brings across our path. It must shine outwards. Notice it says that the lamp is placed on a stand. It's placed on a stand. It's put in a position where it can shine to as much area as possible. And I really do believe that as followers of Jesus, God does place us on stands. He puts us in areas where our faith can be seen. Don't think that you're in your workplace by accident. Don't think that your family doesn't notice the way that you live. Don't think your friends don't see the way that you live. Don't be intimidated by that, but rejoice by that because God has placed you on a stand to shine your light into their lives. Earlier this week, I was 
praying for our QE2 campus that is launching next Sunday. And I was out there at the facility and as I was there and I was praying, I had a, a picture of a lighthouse. And the role of a lighthouse is to help guide ships that are navigating at night. That as they sail in the dark, the lighthouse can help guide them to a place of safety. And it was a sense that as QE2 is planted, as they meet, as they gather there in that facility in New Brighton, that Life Church QE2 would be a lighthouse in that community, guiding people in the darkness back home. But you see, a lighthouse is only effective if there is light shining out. If there's no light shining out, then it's just another building. It's just another facility. But the moment there is light shining out, it transforms that from just a building into a beacon of hope and a beacon of safety, something of great value and importance. But if there was no building to put the light in, if there was no structure for the light to radiate out of, if there was no system that allowed the light to shine, then the light wouldn't be able to have the same reach that it needed in order to guide those ships. It wouldn't have the same effectiveness or impact. So you are the light of the world. We are the light of the world, but the church is the lighthouse. The church is the structure that can give the light the reach and the impact that it needs. We carry the hope, we carry the light, we carry the presence of God that brings light to the darkness, but God brings us together as his church so that together we can have a greater reach and a greater impact and a greater influence to the people around us than if we were just on our own. So how do we shine our light? How are we to be the light of the world? Well, the next part of our passage in verse 16 says, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. Now, I don't think that Jesus was meaning that every time we do something good, we should shout it from the rooftops. When he says, let it shine out for all to see, I'm fairly confident that he's not meaning we post about it every chance we get on social media. Jesus isn't instructing us to brag about our good deeds so that they will be noticed. In fact, in the very next chapter, he tells us the opposite. In Matthew 6, verse three, when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right is doing. Give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. Rather, what Jesus is saying is that your good deeds should be an overflow of the lifestyle that you live. And that's my second point, that your lifestyle is a light. Because the truth is, is light shining in the darkness doesn't need any help to be seen. When you turn on a light in a dark room, you don't need any help noticing that the light is on. Light is noticeable all on its own. It doesn't need any further promotion. So let your good deeds shine out. Let your lifestyle represent the price that's been paid for you. Let your lifestyle represent the truth that you have discovered, the love that you have received. Good deeds don't always have to be massive acts of generosity. Those are good deeds and we need them. They give God glory. But good deeds are equally random acts of kindness that no one else notices. Simple gestures of love that bring joy to people. 
Good deeds is bringing encouragement to someone who is down. Making a meal for someone when they're struggling. Shouting someone a coffee. Giving someone attention when they don't normally receive of it. Treating all people equally regardless of their situation or status. Living a generous lifestyle, understanding you're blessed to be a blessing. It's not engaging in gossip or slander, but speaking to people in hope and in love and lifting them up. Forgiving people when they don't deserve it. Good deeds can't be something that we just turn on when we feel like it and then turn off again when we're done. A light that is constantly turning off and on again is actually just annoying. It's no help to anybody. But in order for light to be effective, it needs to remain on. It needs to stay constant. That's why I believe Jesus is referring to our lifestyle, that there should be something about the way we live, the way we talk, the way we engage with people, the way we love people that is so countercultural that we might not realize it, but it is shining a light to a lost and hurting world. Your lifestyle is a light. And then the third is that light pushes back darkness. The second part of verse 16 says that, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Jesus' mission was to bring people to the Father. That's why he came. That was his purpose to make a way for people to be made right with God so that we could again experience God's love for us. In the same way that we use light to help us find our way in the dark, our light is to help those still in darkness find their way to the Father. That's why it must shine outwards. That's why it must be seen, it must be visible because God desires that no one should perish. We are the light of the world. We are a city on a hill, a lampstand giving light to our home so that everyone will praise our heavenly Father, so that more people will come to know who Jesus is, so that more people can enter the kingdom of God, so that more people can experience the love that was poured out on the cross. We don't shine for the sake of shining. We don't shine so we can feel good about our lives. We don't shine with no purpose. We shine because there is a world that is hopeless, that is lost, that is hurting. We shine because there is a world stuck in darkness. We shine because His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. You are the light of the world a light that pushes back the darkness and helps people find hope and life and joy. And we have the privilege as followers of Jesus to be part of his answer in seeing this world transformed. That our lives are to be used by him to see people's lives turned around. We are the light of the world. If the band would like to come and join me. If you are able, would you stand with me this morning?
You know, as we've been talking about shining our light, I'm aware that the main people we shine our light to are usually our family members and our close friends. And often they're the ones that we find it the most difficult sometimes to shine to. But this morning I would like to pray for those of us who have friends and family members on our hearts who don't yet know Jesus. Maybe you've got people in your family who once knew God but have walked away. Maybe you've got some colleagues at work or some friends who you know need the hope and the joy that you've received. And this morning I would like us to take a moment to pray for them. And I'd like to pray that God would give you a greater courage to shine your light into their lives. That He would provide doors, open doors for you to shine the hope that you've got into their lives. That when those opportunities come up that you wouldn't step back from intimidation, but you would go, no, I know that what I have is worth it. I know that what I have is invaluable and I wanna shine it and share it with you. And so if I could have maybe every eye closed and maybe you'd like to just reach out your hands to God and think about that person. Maybe just one name or a few names that are on your heart this morning. And as I pray for them, you can join with me. Lord, we thank You for these people. Lord, You know every name that is on every person's heart. You know who they are. You know what they're going through because You made them and You love them. And Your desire for them is to come into relationship with You. And so this morning, Jesus, we declare that they will enter Your kingdom in Jesus' Name. Lord, we declare that we will see them worshiping You in eternity. And Lord, I thank You for the people in this room. Thank You for the positions that You've placed them in. Thank You that they are shining their light. And Lord, I pray that a greater boldness and a greater courage would rest on every person here this morning. That when You open doors, that You would open doors. You would provide opportunities for people to share the hope that they carry, the love that they have received. I pray we would see Your power move through their life that as they pray for them, as they cry out in their hearts at night for those people, Lord, would You answer their prayers? Would You see them come home as the prodigal son returns to the Father? We declare it over their lives in Jesus' Name. And Lord, I pray that as we go about our lives, as we go into this world, that we would be a light in the darkness. That even though the world would tell us to be silent, to hide our light, to cut it off. Lord, I pray that we would walk in the confidence knowing that You are the light in this world, that You have all authority, that there is no greater power than the Name of Jesus. And that is the Name that we carry. And so Lord, I pray that we would shine our light boldly, unreservedly, that it would be there for all to see, that we would be a city on a hill, a place of refuge, a place that people would run to to find hope and life. When they're in their darkest place, would they see the light on the hill and go, I need to be there. I need to have that. I need to find that. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Lord. And we're gonna sing a song now called Prepare the Way, which talks about the coming of Jesus. And you know, that is what we're believing for, that your life is preparing the way for someone else to come and find Jesus. 
that as you shine your light wherever God's placed you, that you are preparing the way for someone else to come home and join the family and experience the love that has been poured out on the cross for them. So why don't we sing that and declare that over our lives together in Jesus' name.